Well, this is the last of our Christmas series. I know. How sad, huh? Yeah. I kind of like doing series. I do, too. It's kind of fun. It's been a lot of fun doing Mm -hmm. these. All the research and everything going into it. I mean, it's just interesting reading all the stories. I agree. And especially because it's been, like, themed. Yep. So that's been actually helpful. Actually, it has. Being able to pull stories and stuff. Yeah. You know, and and being able to do, you like researching for one thing instead of just kind of all over the board. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I I really found it interesting and good. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so since we're on the last of our Christmas series, should we say happy holidays, Merry Christmas? Oh yeah. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And all that good stuff. Or Hanukkah, what else is in there? And whatever else you celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Or if you're like me and you just don't really do it, that's cool too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We really don't do anything. Yeah. I think you get to the point where it's all adults, so... Yeah, tell my mom that. Yeah, mom, if you're listening, I know. The tree's up, everything's up. They got the train. That requires effort. They got the people on the mantle. They got everything. Mm. Yeah. Good for them. I know. They come to my house and they're just like, how are you, my daughter? Yeah, because I'd say it skips a generation, but it didn't. No, no. My my adulterans have carried on the tradition of not having anything, really. (laughs) I know. Although they did have stuff up for Halloween, so. Okay, well, I wonder who they got that from. Their auntie. Yeah, exactly, because it definitely wasn't me. No. Uh, <laughs> like, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> it made me so proud, and I almost squeezed out a tear. This is this is why we know how much you love it, because it's in December, and we're still talking about Halloween. You still exactly. Can't, you still can't get past that whole holiday. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come around again. It's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, the one thing I do enjoy about Christmas, other than I do really love like the lights and I love the smell, like the whole pine needle smell. I yeah. do. I love that. Like the whole typical Christmas smell. Mm-hmm. I know in our town that we live in downtown, they do like a whole get together and you know, you you can smell like the hot cocoa with the popcorn and I don't know. I just, it just makes me, and then like all the string of lights, it just makes me think of Christmas. That part I do like. Yeah. When I see all that, then I feel like it's Christmas time. Yeah. But yeah. And of course with that comes some of the best movies. Ever. Ever. Your favorite. Hmm. Well, I do really like a Christmas story. Yeah. It's my favorite too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've done drinking games with it. Yeah. It's just like such a classic to watch on TV. Oh, my God. If I could get my hands on that pink bunny suit, <laughs> a few people would be getting those. Well, as you know from our title, if you've been on Instagram or Facebook, uh, we got a Christmas story of our own for you. Yeah, we do. And don't shoot your eye out. No, don't shoot your eye out. Don't shoot your eye out. But we're going to take you to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yes. In 1906. Yes. Um, And, you know, you and I were best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. More like sisters. Yeah. And um, some days. This is a best friend sad tale for you. I know. I have a sad bestie chat for you. I know. It is kind of, it is really sad. It is sad. Yeah. I'm Sorry. Sad. I don't think I'd be playing this game with you though. I know. So just to uh, give everybody a warning, 
even though we are listed as explicit, this does deal with children. Um, So if you're sensitive to that, it's teenage boys, approximately 12 years old. And yes, death is involved. So if you're sensitive, feel free to skip us. Yeah. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. It's all good with us. Yep. So, um, and if you just would like to eavesdrop on this conversation, well, we thank you for joining as well. Welcome along on the journey. Yeah. We thank you both. Yep. Either way. Either way. Yeah. We can't tell the difference anyway because we're not sitting where you're at watching Mm -mm. you to see if you continue or not. As far as you know. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I'm going to just like not get this right. So I don't know if I can even say last names because I cannot. I don't know if this is French or I don't know what this is. I don't know how to say it. Drag, dragoli, dragoli. Yeah. You know, I was almost thinking like game of thrones or something with it yeah i was thinking draggle i I don't know i'm sorry if your last name is even similar to this and i'm butchering it but i give i give so we're just gonna go with claude yeah i like the name claude claude uh side note that was my grandfather's name well it was actually claudio but he went by claude nice yeah anyway 1906 yes in new mexico so best friends claude and bert I'm going to say his first name was actually Albert. Probably. Probably, but went by Bert. They're both 12 years old, born in Mm -hmm. 1892. And these boys were inseparable. Yeah. They were always together. They did everything Everything. together. Everything. Um, And they live like right next door to each other. Yeah. And this is like a very small little town um well not small little town albuquerque is actually kind of big but where they're living is like this really tight-knit small community right very tight-knit um kind of reminds me of like you and your neighbors because you and your you and your neighbors are like super close Mm -hmm. like you know all your neighbors i don't know any of my neighbors yeah i know all of them yeah even on the outer streets i know quite a few of them my neighbors could be listening right now to me and we would have no idea in passing i have no idea that's crazy it's yeah definitely yeah no we're definitely old town yeah you have the old town vibe going on yep i definitely have like this whole city vibe where nobody knows anybody going on (laughs) (laughs) but they're inseparable and for christmas Mm -hmm. bert got a 22 rifle what every 12 year old boy should be getting exactly this is such the christmas story right now <laughs> so even though he gets his rifle his mom is constantly taking the rifle away because the boys are being totally irresponsible with it and at 12 at 12 <laughs> you would be it is 1906 right i mean anybody could just buy one right and you know, you know and i know that they were shooting at anything and everything definitely so i i don't know what her mind <laughs> set was when she was like oh yeah let me buy him a rifle yeah well i kind of think i know a little bit that would happen mm-hmm. so bert's mom she's a widow right bert's dad had actually passed away about six months prior um there wasn't really a lot of detail on how he passed away other than it was in town yeah, because I was trying to find that out, but I couldn't find anything as to how, you know. Yeah. just So I wonder if town. it was like natural causes or something. He just. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. But it said he died in town. Mm. I know. That's weird. Right? I mean, in town, like, did he get hit by a bus? Did he 
have yeah. too much to drink at the bar? Did he, you know? It's a mystery. Very much so. So, yeah, I mean, after reading that, then I understand why she... She gave him the rifle. She also got him this little bulldog puppy named Duty. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <sighs> Duty. Duty. And I'm... I mean, I can see that. Like, your father passed away. She's like, here's a puppy. And mm-hmm. then for Christmas, here's a rifle. Like, all the things he's probably wanted. Right. He's now getting. Um, and Bert and his mom, I mean, they're also very close to Claude's family as well. With that mom, with the dad. And I would imagine with Bert losing his father, he's probably even super close with Claude's dad. Right. Because it's his best friend's dad. Um, Claude is actually a manager at a grocery store mm-hmm. that is on the exact same street that they all live on. Um, well, back then, yeah, you'd have the corner market. It, yeah, completely. Yeah. So right. everybody is like really right next to each other. And Bert and his mom, um, they had moved in with his uncle, which is the house right next to Claude um, with the passing of the dad. Yep. So bunch of neighbors, very tight knit. And... On this night, um, everybody is getting ready for a wedding because the neighbor's getting married. Yes, she is. And so everybody's there. They are, um, her name's Rosie. It's going to be Rosie's wedding. It's supposed to take place the very next day in that morning. Yep. So a lot of the neighbors are showing up about 7.30. They're all making like preparations. They're rehearsing. Yeah, they're all all figuring out what they have to get done and do for the wedding the yeah. next day. And Claude's sister is in the wedding. She's a bridesmaid. Yeah. And so she was there. She was trying on her dress. Yeah. And of course, the boys are bored. Well, at 12 years old, do you really want to be at a wedding? Yeah. And they're not in the wedding. <laughs> no. They are just like, we would rather be anywhere else than here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they left. <laughs> they're like, we, we're out. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> we're out. So they go to... Bert's place. Yeah, they went back to Bert's house. Yeah, and they're they're of course playing with a rifle, which every twelve year old boy would do. The uncle, he's he's not home. Mm-mm. I forgot what he did. Um, for some reason, I don't feel like he was actually at the house a lot. Uh, I think he had a job that took him away from that area quite often. Yeah, and I think that that's why they were also there because I think um, you know she was taking care of his house. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew that, but I couldn't find, I didn't read what, what the uncle did. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what he did, but I just know that he wasn't there mm-hmm. that often. Um, but yeah, I mean, the boys, they're excited to play with the rifle because now the mom's busy because she's dealing with the wedding details. Right. Absolutely nobody there to watch them. And honestly, they're 12, so they're, I'm assuming they're probably thinking, we're good. We don't need anybody to watch us. Right. Especially at that age, you know, it's one of those, like, I can be independent and on my own mm-hmm. when you're like, no, you can't. No, because at 12, yeah, especially boys, you still have to, that's when you really have to put the eagle eye on them. Yeah, exactly. So they decided to play this game in the living room, kind of like a living room, family room area. There's like a stove. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like one that you would probably use to like heat, heat a kettle and then also heat the house right. at the same time. Um, and there's a rocking chair in the room as well. So, Claude takes the rifle. He, like, what do you do? You, like, cock it back. Mm-hmm. Is that the right words? Yeah. And he points it directly at Bert's eye. Yeah, he did. 
to see how straight he could point that rifle. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. So he points it at one eye. Like if you think of like a long rifle barrel, pointing it at like your friend's eyeball, and then you point it at the other eyeball, and then you point it at his nose, you point it at his mouth, and you're like, bang, I got you. Right. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not pulling the trigger though. No. But he did originally like cock it back. So it is set. You just need to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. So this is the game that they're playing. So he hands Claude, and Claude hands the rifle to Bert now. And now it's Bert's turn. Like he's going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, it's winter months in Albuquerque. So it is cold and it's getting cold in the house as right. well. And I'm pretty sure that Bert was probably used to like heating up the house. I'm, I'm, I don't like putting however you make the fire. I'm sure like all kids were back then, especially right. used to like adding more wood or whatever was needed to keep the house warm. Mm-hmm. So because it's really, it's getting really cold. He goes to get like a chunk of coil up uh, coil. Yeah. Coal. Coal. <laughs> and he puts it in his left hand. So if you, if you can kind of like envision this in his left hand, he has a chunk of coal and then in his right hand, he has the rifle. So he kneels down to the stove in the area that they're playing. And he then puts like the rifle, like kind of lays it across his leg. Mm-hmm. So he can like put the coal into the stove. Right. At the same time, Duty. The dog. The dog. <laughs> he comes running over. Probably thinking that Bert wants to play with him because he's like knelt down. Yeah, because he the crouched ground. down. Mm-hmm. So again, we got Bert on one knee. His back is actually facing Claude with the end of the rifle, like the butt is across the knee, and then apparently Claude is like holding the muzzle part, fa- like of the rifle, kind of facing him. So I take it like it's kind of more of like an at an angle. Like if he's mm-hmm. able to like grab the muzzle and he's like sitting in the rocking chair area. So duty comes, he jumps on Bert and the paw like hits the trigger and then the rifle goes off. Right. So Bert, I mean, he jumps up. He doesn't know that the rifle was even loaded at this moment. Like, yeah. And then you hear the shot. So you're kind of surprised. And that's when he sees that Claude got shot in the eye. I guess he shot his eye out. He shot his eye out. Not funny. No, not funny. But if you relate it to the Christmas story. Then it's funny. Which is what I'm thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Claude at this point, he's starting to like moan and groan. Right. I mean, could you imagine like that whole scenario? No. I mean, it's hard to fathom that the dog was able to... Um, you know, get the trigger to pull back. Yeah. You know, because a shotgun, so, you know, it has the bar down at the bottom, the arm down at the bottom where you have to swing out and swing up, mm-hmm. you know, back up. And then it has a little loop where the trigger's inside of it. Yeah, some effort there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know. And also just to... I mean, I guess like you have the, you have the rifle in your hands and then you just like drop to a knee, place it on your leg 
Yeah, the angling. Okay, the for angling me, is so awesome. It off doesn't. Me. I mean, I have a really difficult time trying to visualize the way it was described because I'm describing yes. it exactly like how I read it. No, I know because I read the same thing and I was sitting there and I'm thinking, how this doesn't add up, right? I'm thinking that they were probably still playing the game. That's what I'm thinking. And he pulled the trigger. Yeah, because that's a real direct, and especially to. There must have been a way that they know that they were able to determine that Claude had his hands around the muzzle part, which if he has it on his eye, I could see that like holding it right in front of him. Mm-hmm. I have a difficult time trying to understand if he's sitting in the rocking chair and his friends on a knee and then the muzzle is facing him that he's like holding it at such an angle that it's in the direct location to his eye. Right. just feel like that didn't make any sense to me. Um, But Claude is groaning. Bert immediately, I mean, freaking out, I can only imagine, is now heading over to the wedding house, basically. Right. Screaming for help. Um, And pretty much everybody came. Yeah. They all left the wedding prep and ran over to the Bert's house. Yeah, and they see that Claude is unconscious. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about a switch of emotions going from like a happy wedding moment to this. Right. I mean, that's like pretty devastating. Uh, Claude's mom, she comes over to Bert and she actually holds him after she realizes that there's not a lot she can do for her son. Right. And she tells him not to cry, that it's not his fault. Yeah, I thought that was really, that was powerful. That was very powerful. Um, you know, there was nothing that he could do. Like, he couldn't help it. And Claude was rushed to the hospital. He was rushed to St. Joseph Hospital. And that's about eight miles away. I don't know what method they were able to take him in. Because mm-hmm. again, I mean, this is what, 19, 1906. So I would say a horse and buggy kind of. Yeah. Deal. I mean, eight miles doesn't That's seem a, that far, but back then. That was far. It's pretty far. Yeah. And he was unconscious. By the time he got there, though, and again, they were all doing all the activities like around 730 at night. By the time they got him to the hospital, it's like around nine. Um, the bullet, though, had gone upward in his eye and it penetrated his brain, mm. and he died a- approximately around 9 o'clock. Yeah, but even if they got him to the hospital earlier, they wouldn't have been able to do anything for him. Mm-mm. And the funeral was held the very next day. You know, I read that, and I was thinking, so what happened to the wedding? A wedding and a funeral, because I did look into it, and the wedding still went on. Mm. Could you imagine a wedding and a funeral? No, because so, you know, do they go happy and then go sad? Or yeah. did they go sad and then try to be happy? Um, the wedding was an early morning wedding. So I'm thinking they went happy and then they went sad. Yeah, no, that sounds like it. It didn't say the time for um, the funeral. I couldn't find that. But what was interesting is that when everybody came over, you know, Bert immediately goes into his story about like what happened And the one thing that he was really devastated with, other than shooting the eye of his best friend, which ultimately killed him, is that he stated that, you know, Duty was only a puppy and that he never knew that Duty was coming over to shoot Claude. Yeah. I thought that was weird. 
So did I. I thought that was a little odd. Yeah, I thought that story, you know, I mean, because who knows what happened. But but I just think, I think it was two boys that were messing around with a gun that they shouldn't have been messing. And yeah. someone got hurt. Yeah, I don't really buy Bert's story. No, I'm not buying the dog shot him. I am not buying that at all because... Yeah, I, I don't see how the dog's paw could have even triggered it. No, because because now it's laying flat on you. It's a totally different angle, right? That would be like that very minute possibility. It's like one in a trillion. No, right. I, I'm thinking maybe when Bert was like thrown in the coal and Claude had the gun. You know, maybe his hand was on the trigger and it just went off accidentally when he was like putting the coal in or, yeah, you know, because, or maybe his hand was there and the dog jumped on him or something. And then, mm-hmm. but the dog pulling the trigger on the gun, I don't buy. Right. I don't buy I, that. I don't buy it at all. But Bert ended up having to live with this. Um, yeah. You know, I'm. I could not find anything more on Bert. I don't know if you found anything more on him. No. He, he seemed to just be a ghost as well. Which, I wonder if he had an alias. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, because I wouldn't see how they would be able to stay, well, you know, living next door. True. I couldn't even find anything on Bert's mom. Mm-mm. I looked for her. I looked for the uncle. I couldn't find anything on any of them. No, I was sitting there thinking, so are my investigative skills getting a little rusty? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, Seriously. normally I can find stuff, but these people were like ghosts. They were after really this. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Claude's father sadly also passed away like three years later due to stomach cancer. Yeah. Which is really sad. Mm-hmm. The, the mom had so much death. Like there was so much death in their family within, especially in a, such like a short time span. So, yeah. But yeah, I couldn't find anything either. I'm just going to assume that Bert went on with his life with the loss of his friend and hopefully took some gun safety classes Yeah, at some point or learned how to do, so handle it better. the moral of the story is don't buy a 12-year-old a shotgun don't or a 22 <laughs> rifle. Correct, correct. And yeah. always be safe. Yes, always. With any weapon in the house. Yeah, you know, take those classes. There we go. Got to be safety first. Yeah. And keep eyes on uh, 12-year-old boys because they're always up to no good. My husband has a saying. He always says that safety is sexy. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) He's selling it like that, huh? Yeah. Safety is sexy. Mm, Okay. Well, also during this year, Hmm. since we are from California, I found it very interesting that in 1906, Mm -hmm. apparently in San Francisco, they were going to open up like their own amusement park area called Dreamland. Interesting. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't seem like it really went off. It seemed that it was supposed to be like 10 to 11 acres. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like in pieces. They had like a skating rink. They were going to have a auditorium, like a a theater. Okay. Um, They were going to have like a a moat. Okay. Right? like I mean, that seems so random in the city, yeah. you know, to do that. Yeah. Because even back then, the city was built up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So apparently, not all of it went as planned, but yeah, that's what they were doing in 1906 in San Francisco. Yeah. That's, that a little, a, that's, that's, that's pretty random. interesting. Yeah. A little random. Very. 
Well, thank you for joining us for 2021. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us into your ears. Definitely. (laughs) The next time you'll be eavesdropping on us is going to be in 2022. Yeah. So everyone enjoy your holidays. Be safe. Yep. Be kind. Yes. And we appreciate all of our listeners. We do. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yep. And we'll catch you next year. Yep. Next year. See y'all. See ya.